HD Smartcast. You are listening to an HD Smartcast original. Aren't you tired of seeing the devastating impact of plastic pollution on our planet? The oceans are teeming with plastic waste, and microplastics are finding their way into our food chain. posing a global crisis that threatens not only our environment but also our health but what if i told you there's a startup that's taking a revolutionary approach to the problem and it's not just any solution it's a game changer that's turning the tide against plastic pollution do you want to find out more welcome to a circular revolution Presented by Indian Youth Climate Network, a podcast that explores the innovative world of circular economy startups. This podcast is supported by European Union Resource Efficiency Initiative and UNICEF India. I'm your host Ankita Bhava in candid conversations with inspiring founders who are changing the game and making our future more sustainable. So, buckle up and get ready to join the loop as we dive deep into the world of circular economy. In this episode we are thrilled to introduce you to Plastic School, a circular economy startup that's turning plastic waste into a valuable resource. By broadening the scope of plastic recycling and creating awareness about plastic pollution worldwide, Plastic School is leading the change toward a more sustainable future. Joining us today is the brilliant president of Plastic School, Kanika Ahuja. Kanika's innovative approach to plastic school management has garnered attention from around the world and she is here to share her journey and vision for a better future. Hi Kanika, welcome to the show. Hi Ankita, thank you so much for this wonderful introduction. I'm doing great today. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for asking and it's a pleasure to have you on the show Kanika. I mean you have been on quite a journey with Plastic School and I'm sure you have an amazing story to tell. But to start off, uh, can you tell us a bit about how you first got this idea and what sparked your passion for circular economy practices in general? Uh so I think uh, recycling and upcycling and just generally the problem of waste uh, that has been quite uh, close to me since like I was 10 or 11 I think the first time I faced this problem was as a family and like friends and relatives all of us had gone together to volunteer for the Yamuna cleanup action plan uh I think I was about 10 years old this was organized by the Delhi government and we all were together on the banks of the Yamuna river in Delhi picking up trash from uh, the river with like sticks uh, and like wearing gloves and that's the first time i realized uh, how waste was a problem and how we didn't really have a uh, infrastructure in place to uh, solve this issue uh, and while things have gotten better now are quite stuck in that scenario about we don't know how to dispose waste properly we have started producing more and more waste as we started spending more and more as a country uh, so that's why i think i was just very attracted to this problem and uh, recycling upcycling plastic waste especially these just provided me a platform to work on this issue which has been close to me it's truly impressive that you began contemplating such a significant issue at such a young age kanika i mean you are clearly someone who is a thought leader in the circular economy space and uh, speaking of which i also remember that you attended the agents of change workshop themed circular economy uh, by the indian youth climate network so as someone who is already making a change with plastic school what were your biggest takeaways from the workshop 
Sure. So I think uh, the India Youth Climate Network and these series of workshops that they're organizing, I think it's an incredible effort uh, to educate the youth, re-energize the youth, motivate them in the kind of opportunities that circular economy presents today. Uh, I think my key takeaways from the workshop were um, the amount of innovation that is happening in the field, the motivation of Gen Z to come into the field to work for the environment. I mean, when you see that motivation in the youth, you know, we also get energized to do better because, you know, it is like we have to make this an intergenerational movement. And with every generation, this movement just has to grow stronger. So that is why I think uh, from the workshop, uh, I mean, the con- content was excellent, of course, but, you know, it was also the energy of the event that was uh, most uh, attractive to me. For sure. Absolutely. Uh, so I think now without any further ado, let's come to plastic school. I mean, plastic pollution is a problem that affects us all. And you realized it very young, right? And it's great to see organizations like plastic school taking action to combat it. So can you talk about the ways in which your work is helping to address this issue at large? And what kind of progress you have made so far? We cannot wait to hear your story, Ganika. <laughs> So I think, uh, I mean, I'll start with an introduction of Plastic School. Uh, so Plastic School is an international consortium. Uh, we have uh, social innovators from seven different countries who have joined together and who bring their own different plastic to value technologies to this consortium. Because as social enterprises, we all work, you know, in our different geographies, with our different technologies, with our different target audiences, beneficiaries. But, you know, this is like we're all working in silos. So that's why we decided that, you know, we we have a partner from Uganda whose technology, you know, we know is very, very uh, useful for people in India. So, you know, we can, through Plastic School, we can do these tech transfers. We can also create micro factories that can encapsulate all of these technologies or some of them, depending on the needs of the local territory where this micro factory is going to be deployed. So depending, we assess, when we go to a location, we assess what is the kind of waste that is coming in the area, uh, what is the kind of different plastics that are available, then what is the infrastructure support that is available. Accordingly, we design a micro factory and then we also design prototypes of products that can be sold locally. So this is basically a model with a territorialized approach for a localized economy and a community ownership model. So keeping all of these things in mind, we see Plastic School as a, you know, systems change approach, which can, uh, like, it's going to shake up the whole system of how the waste infrastructure uh, that we follow today in India and most countries. So we don't want this, you know, that the kabadiwalas are going house to house, then they get it to one dalau, they take it to a bigger dalau. Like, you know, there's no need of all this logistics. If there are micro factories that can just process like each community's waste at the site, then and make products, make useful products of like whatever they need, anything from like chappals, footwear, lampshades, home decor, fashion accessories, handbags, wall tiles, wallpaper, Anything like, you know, so many things can be made out of it. So like whatever is the need, we can start making those kind of products in the micro factory. So this is how we see the waste supply chain changing in the future. So how do you ensure that the products you produce have a low environmental footprint and they are directly connected to the needs of the local community? Uh, so in our, we have two micro factories at the moment. Uh, one uh, is in Uganda, which was our first po- a pilot. 
over there uh, the project is focused on the youth and uh, it also runs a schools program to get more and more students and youth involved in uh, the project to create more awareness about plastic pollution as well as to uh, create more awareness about the opportunities uh, to work in plastic waste so over there they are making products that are more uh, school oriented so from uh, chairs tables furniture to uh, to like toys like plastic toys or uh, stationary products like scales small alphabet letters from primary schools uh, so and then in the delhi unit uh, we work more with waste workers with the informal sector and for them of course furniture is one important thing but we also have like uh, normal grocery bags or chappals so you know which the local community also needs and uh, of course our marketing efforts to you know keep the project uh, self sufficient we also have some high value addition products that we make like handbags laptop sleeves wallets but uh, that's the essence of plastic school that you know you can use these technologies in so many ways to make so many products that any market can be your market kanika your vision for plastic school is truly inspiring and the impact that you have made so far it's remarkable also i am so intrigued by the uh, micro factory model that plastic school uses to turn plastic waste into raw material how does it work please please walk me through it Sure. So uh, when we, for, uh, when we, for example, we have shortlisted a locality where we want to set up a plastic school micro factory. First, we do a baseline uh, study to understand that what is the kind of waste that is coming in the area, and then we try and understand what are the demands of the locality. Like you know, do we have uh, electricity? Like because some of these machines also work on three-phase power. so you know if that exists so that doesn't exist do we have access to clean plastic waste because the cleaning is another issue in the supply chain that has to be dealt with the, mm. with significant attention mm. and then we understand the market uh, constraints that what are the needs of the locality who are these people who are in that locality what is their background what kind of products would they need and uh, then we start customizing the micro factory mm. uh, so the machines like you know we have separate machines for ldp which is regular polythene bags or like you know the packaging sheet plastics the transparent wala jo aata hai hmm. or uh, there is uh, mlp which is the chips wrappers biscuit wrappers then there is hdp which is the harder plastics jaise bottle ke caps uh, hmm. old chairs toys uh, so then once we have our research ready then we start customizing the micro factory then these uh, so this customization of the micro factory like plastic school is headquartered in france so the design part uh, the french team takes care of oh. and then this is uh, designed into a building like for example the india project we have uh, as part of a building like a normal land and building but like the uganda project since there was no building in place uh, that's been made in a shippable container so then you know you get the container and you get all of these machines fitted into it it's a collapsible container that can open up into a you know proper factory unit so there are various models like in our next project we're trying to build it uh, build this micro factory on a truck on a moving truck so that it can go from like village to village and you know that can be more of a educative solution on uh, plastic recycling Can I just ask what was the strength of your team when you started and what is it now? 
so when we started to uh, it was just uh, me and my mom oh but uh, i mean the plaster school consortium all the founders uh, who are active board members now uh, we're seven board members on the plaster school board mm-hmm. and uh, in india i we are currently i'm the president and we're leading the plaster school from india mm-hmm. and in our office we have about 11 people with us oh my god only one word kanika impressed I am truly impressed by the dedication and commitment you and your team have shown in building this multi-benefit ecosystem of your own. So in your experience with Plasti School, what have been some of the most significant hurdles you have faced in expanding the impact of your work? So I think this field in itself is filled with uh, many hurdles and challenges. So every day we have uh, new challenges that we have to deal with, but I think that's also part of uh, what keeps it exciting and what keeps all of us so involved <laughs> that the day just flies by so yeah. i think to name a few uh, would be that waste uh, i mean i'll talk specifically to india that uh, waste in itself is uh, you know we have ambiguous laws on who has ownership to waste mm-hmm. so once uh, you throw something outside it is public property so like many years ago when we had started our upcycling project it was you know like people told us that you're working with the illegal community the waste workers who are you know informal workers on illegal land because this these landfills are and you know these dhalau sites like most of them were illegal and uh, and we're working with illegal property and with a illegal process and because you know the technology that we created uh, by ourselves to recycle single use polythene into vegan leather we got a patent on the process but uh, it's not a registered uh, recycling process but other than that like you know both on the supply side demand side there are also challenges because the waste workers that we work with you know like they are informal workers and you know if something happens like the uh, covid happened the whole slum shifted everybody went back to the village and okay like you know covid caused a global crisis in supply chains but even before that like uh, we have been working in recycling since many years and when the commonwealth games happened in delhi then the slums were shifted out of delhi without any notice without any uh, jobs and so you know we shifted our projects with the slums but like you know these kind of challenges keep coming up where the workers just leave um and i mean they have their own pressures i'm not blaming them at all like i would say they are the victims in this whole situation but and then uh, on the demand side of course like you know we are seeing this transition of like how everybody is becoming more aware about sustainability about demanding like you know transparency demanding uh, conscious products mm. but uh, i mean i think the movement has started so like it's really heartening to see that but i also think that there is a long way to go but i must say how beautifully you have been able to navigate those challenges and continue to expand the impact speaking of impact kanika it seems like plasti schools approach is well aligned with the development of circular local and bottom up economies can you tell us more about the role you see plasti school playing in this area and how it can complement globalized top down approaches Uh, so we're still figuring out about how, like I mentioned, uh, Plasti School is about disrupting the supply chain, but uh, it, it is taking us some time to understand uh, what would be the best way to 
create that disruption because uh, of course you know we want to do it in a systematic legal compliant manner and so like while there has been active support from you know everybody that we have spoken to funding bodies government bodies municipal bodies uh there is still confusion about you know between all of these stakeholders about what would be the best approach to implement it uh so we are looking to like pilot uh plastic school in a more uh, systematic manner in tier 2 tier 3 cities first and because uh, as a micro factory anyway like you know we can't handle uh, so much waste like a city like delhi or bombay produces hmm. so that's why we want to pilot with like you know smaller cities towns villages to show like you know impact studies of like a smaller local project because you know this is made for localized uh, manufacturing this mm. whole system so that is why that is the approach that we would be taking going forward but yes um, on the theoretical side like you know we've done um, uh, we've had a wonderful team from sap mm. uh, the software company visiting us we had consultants from uh, and international consultants who helped us develop the financial model the viability model so theoretically like we have everything in place mm-hmm. but we're just trying to understand what would be the best location to implement it on a larger scale wow it's truly inspiring to hear about all the positive impacts that plastic school has had on waste workers and artisans as well as environment of course so what kind of training and support does plastic school provide Yes, so uh, I mean that is a very very important point about Plastic mm. School is our uh, skill development and uh, micro enterprise creation programs. And uh, with this, so we have been targeting uh, uh, communities because we want Plastic School micro factories to be community owned enterprises, and we want these to be for profit enterprises. But we understand that reaching financial sustainability takes time and takes skills that at the moment. like you know these communities do not have so mm-hmm. that is why we start with setting up a project and we start with selecting a group of people uh, understanding what their motivations and aspirations are of joining this uh, project mm-hmm. and then we start working with them on uh, training them in production processes of course but also in business uh, processes like sales uh, quality checking procurement of materials uh, marketing social media online sales Uh, I mean, these are spread out over time, and within the group, we start deciding, like you know, uh, over time with the interviews, with the, uh, their how their performance has been. We start electing who would be the group leader, who would become the marketing head, who would be the accounting person, and then those specific people are further trained in like those expertise functions. but eventually like we do want then this group to own that enterprise and become self reliant become independent and uh, so that is how like plastic school of course you know we teach about plastics but we also teach about uh, micro enterprises and uh, this is a long process like you know i don't want to over simplify it but uh, it takes time you know frankly speaking we hope that all of them would be a success but like i don't think that's a reasonable uh ask no. at this point <laughs> but but for that we also have like um, like i have a company called lifafa and lifafa provides design and marketing support mm. to groups like these who have been trained in uh, circular opportunities mm. and uh, we we have been 
exporting for over 10 years. So uh, we have marketing linkages in place to support these groups till they become self-reliant. Plastic School is more than a school, definitely. And it's the school the country needs right now. Thank you so much, Kanika, for sharing about your experience and the work you have done with Plastic School. So for aspiring entrepreneurs who are interested in entering the circular economy space right now, what advice would you give them? Uh, I would say that go for it because it's going to be challenging. It's going to be hard. I mean, there's no sugar coating that. But it's also really, really fulfilling. It is what uh, our country needs. It is what the world needs. Circular economy, environmental sustainability, social inclusiveness. These are things that we need today to build a better world. So looking ahead, what are your plans for the future of Plastic School? And how do you see it evolving in the years to come? So, I mean, in the long term plan, I would like Plastic School micro factories to be everywhere, everybody to be uh, sorting out their own waste, creating value out of it. You know, the, the problem of waste should not exist anymore. And But I also see like all of these micro factories connected through like a meta network where, you know, we can have knowledge sharing that, you know, if a village in France is doing something, a village in Kashmir should know, have that information, have those prototypes, should be able to build that. And that is how we can um, accelerate innovation. And, you know, accelerate design and it, that can like change communities and cities. I hope it happens and I know it it will happen. <laughs> Thank you, Kanika, for sharing your story. It's, it's amazing to see the positive impact you and the entire team of Plastic School, for that matter, are making on the environment and local communities. Kanika, before you go, could you please share with our listeners how they can learn more about Plastic School or purchase your products or become part of your community? We would love to connect our audience with your mission and help spread the word. Thanks, Ankita. And we're happy to work with uh, anybody who's interested in the plastic space about learning more about recycling. We're always open to volunteers. Like, you know, if you want to design for us, like help us with our social media. We're still a very small team. So, have, uh, you know, any kind of help is great. Uh, we, you can connect with us on our Instagram, on Plaster School, or through LinkedIn, or uh, just email me directly at mm. kanikaahuja27 at gmail.com. Happy to help you, happy to give you some advice if you're looking to uh, start your own social enterprises. So, we're a community that we needs to come together. Do reach out to Kanika, guys. And remember, it's all about joining the loop for a better future for all of us. Thanks for listening. And remember to tune in next time for another fascinating conversation with a new sustainability innovator. For more updates on a circular revolution, you can follow HT Smartcast and Indian Youth Climate Network on Instagram and LinkedIn. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.htsmartcast.com or suno nainazariyese. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast.